0: Matt, step. Do you miss us? I miss you guys a lot, but I like my wife more.
1: Tap and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your. Your, your international men of mystery at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am in an America and I am the tap,
0: and I am in Canada
1: and I am the step. Matt Step. Thank you, thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football insider. Uh, as we once again, um, uh, as we once again uh, span the globe, uh, at least span the continent. Yes. Uh, to bring you Texas high school football,
0: your continental Texas high school football podcast.
1: We are. We are. We are full continental. I love being uh, incontinent. Um, Okay. So, uh, this is your week nine preview, which... I made this point on the show today. You watched the show, right? You got nothing better to do.
0: I did. I did. Good job. Yeah. It was a good show.
1: <laughs> Thanks. The
0: Monday mega show is always, always a must watch. The Monday
1: mega show. We didn't have a guest. I texted a coach who shall remain nameless uh, and I never heard back from him. And I was wow. like, oh, okay. You got I like ghosted. That. I got ghosted. No, you know, maybe he's got other things going on, but that's fine. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Point is um, that I mentioned this on the show. I think this is the week that it feels the most disparate between where the big schools and the small schools are in their season.
0: Do you think it's this week or like in a couple of weeks when the playoffs start for well,
1: 4A? This is, this is the biggest one yet. Okay, okay. Gotcha. All right, gotcha. Okay. Because yeah, that's gonna be weird. That's gonna be weird whenever it's like by district round for like four A and we're like talking like big playoff winner go home matchups and then also it's like week 8 yeah for, <laughs> for like 6A that's why when it's... people
0: people ask me sorry to cut you off but when people mm-hmm. ask me um you know what games are you going to that kind of thing a- after November 6th I I don't know because we don't have I mean, I mean let's be honest if I have to choose between going to a playoff game or a district regular season game I'm going to choose the playoff game every time so it's kind of hard to plan the schedule with this uh, staggered format that the UILs given us this year.
1: Yes, it absolutely has. Um it's very weird. Um and so uh in any case but what is it is weird, um, right? it's it's all weird. It's all very oh, I don't know. It's just all weird. Anyway, um it's time we're going to get to week uh, a little bit of week 8 recap a little bit although like I don't know. I don't last week was weird because it was like, there were some games that really caught my eye like that. And I I definitely want to like make sure we mention a couple of those, but like on the other hand, like I'm just kind of like, all right, it's another, like another week down. I'm ready for the next week. Something like we're in the grind now. This yeah. feels like we're in the grind.
0: So I think you know? well, the game that really stood out to me, uh, if you're looking at it from a statewide perspective is probably the Wink and McCamey game. And here, here's yes. why, uh, the obviously McCamie beating Wink, and it was I watched a good portion of it online. It, it it was chippy. There was some like as we talked about on the show uh, Monday, we thought there would be some chippiness. But but one thing that I think is is lost in this is, and I actually just sent in my two A playoff projections. Is the loser of that game is now looking at playing Wellington in the second round of the playoffs. That's why these seeding games are are, are so big because your road it is so much tougher when you when you lose the wrong game. You know, that's what you know, looking in 4A Division 2, the West Orange Stark and Silsby loser had has a second round game which is it was Silsby. They have to play Carthage in the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Wink, you would much rather play Wheeler. Wheeler's not a bad team, but they're not Wellington. And so now yep. Wink we're looking at a Wink Wellington second round playoff matchup. Those Man. are the kind of things in the in these district games when when you lose um it really can impact it and, and really negate what could potentially be a long playoff run.
1: Yes. And so I thought and
0: McCammy this from a big game district implications in in regional implications was probably the game for me that stood out the most.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um I mean there are other games that like like surprise me like for example i think a lot's going to be made about what highland park did to rockwall and like like you know deservedly so like that was a super impressive like performance from the statement game from the
0: scots absolutely from the, from
1: from the defense their defense was that spectacular i mean you're talking about an offense that was just absolutely light and fools up and they were able to basically hold them down for 48 minutes i mean really really impressive but like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think now, and this is one of the weird things about, about this time of year is that we're now turning, we're now kind of turning our attention to like district implications and like playoff scenarios and stuff like that, but only for like half of the teams, you know, it's like, for others, it's like, it's like Highland parks win over Rockwall or like uh, Cedar Hills win over Aledo, uh, or, uh, you know, even, even like, uh, let's take a district game, right. Uh, even Permians win over Midland lane. Right. That's a big win for Permian. Like, fantastic. Like it was it was pointy like we thought it was going to be great win for Jeff Ellison and company. And yet, remember, they're just entering week five. And as a result, it's like, okay, well, I mean, Lee's got time to catch up. You yeah, know, it's like, it's like, other it's like, as dropping. opposed to like Wink and McKamey, that basically decided the district, right? There.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For minimally other than dropping out of the state rankings and, you know, showing up on my stock report or your stock being down, I mean, really it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, Midland league, they take care of business the rest of the way. Shouldn't impact them uh, a, a great deal. Um, you know, especially in six, a division one, I, region one, I, where yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you get first or second, your, your playoff road is going to be really tough, but um yeah, the, these these big school games. I think you're right. I mean, just the disparate impact versus some of these small school games. These big school games are, are fun to watch, and and we're keeping an eye on them. But really, the, in the grand scheme of things, there's there's time to fix it. And I think you put it. You or Ashley. I think put it really well on the show today that that you know they're running at You know, in the small schools, you're running out of time. You
1: know, the, these those yep. bad losses. There's not. There's not. They're running out of time to fix them at this point. Yeah. We're just at a different point. And it's like, you know, like, like we've got, you know, week nine, like, I don't know. I don't think anybody's playing their ninth game this week. Like, I don't think, I think at least everybody's had, I think everybody in the small scoring set had at least one week off. I'm trying to think like, there's only a handful. Boy, that's a good question. Uh, there's your, there's your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Step, how many eight no teams are there? Uh, okay, here's a complete list. What well, do you want to guess? I'll count.
0: Uh <laughs> um, you count it. I'm gonna say eight. No, we're talking eight. No, so it's four, eight, three, eight, two. Well, and I'm by sure. the way,
1: I, I, there are like, for example, Hermley in the six man ranks is eight zero no, or eight no, but we won't count them. So because yeah. I know you don't do Sorry. six man. Sorry, so. six man guys. Um,
0: yeah. I'm gonna say it's probably not that big of a list because how many teams have actually played eight games this year? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say
1: four excellent guess the answer is three okay. three here is a complete list of the 11 I'll, I'll do all the six all the eight no teams Lindsey is eight no they play Trenton this week so they will play a ninth game this week um so Lindsey is eight no uh, uh Hawkins, Hawkins is eight no how about Hawkins, Hawkins
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> they got Price Carlisle this week so they'll play an eighth, a ninth game this week uh and Timpson Timpson is 8-0. They're supposed to play West Harden this week. Um, and so, yeah. Now, I also don't know, and then, by the way, in the sixth man ranks, the aforementioned Harmony is 8-0, uh, and Anton is 8-0, but they are idle this week. And Lamisa Klondike is 8-0 this week, or uh, going into this week. So, there it is. Your Tech Size Global Fun Fact of the Week. A grand total of six UIL, actually, in the state, including private schools, that are 8-0. Six teams. Um... But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that like a lot of these teams, like I'm looking at this and a lot of teams only played five games. A lot of teams only played six games, you know? And it's just, it's, that, it's really now that you're starting to see where this deep end of the season, um, we're starting to see that. And then by the way, and I, I do want to mention this before we get into the week um, the week nine preview. Um, You are seeing, and you predicted this, you called this boy months ago. Um, you are seeing more and more teams and more and more specifically districts that are fundamentally reshaping their schedule like and and taking taking things and just just blowing it up basically
0: yeah so um i think today we should hear something from the rio Grande valley about 32 6a switching to a zone format um i know a few other districts uh, garland isd last week um, officially went into a, a zone format so yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is just just flexibility uh, for those districts and in some districts were were able to already have that flexibility in while still playing their full district schedule. I think 3 5 a Division 1 is an example where where they already had uh, a makeup date built in and so they were able to um by using the UIL 5-day rule um, create a second makeup date. Um so you know, I think if you have two two makeup dates, I think that's would be enough to get your schedule in, but if the teams in your district aren't willing to do that, you really have no other option but to, but to go to a zone format. And the problem in thirty two six A in the Rio Grande Valley specifically is is the late start to the to the season because of the health restrictions down there.
1: They mm-hmm. they don't
0: have that wiggle room to play a full seven game schedule. They they were really having to play seven games in seven weeks, and with already having Wessico um being out for two weeks due to COVID. That pretty much blew up the district schedule right there. So I think they, they realized yeah. they had to go to a, a zone format. In um, one yeah. 6A, I'm watching El Paso because that district, you know, you, you look, they, 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 this is their third week of district play, and there's eight teams in that district. Only one team has played two games so far. Two teams, have, two teams haven't played yet. El Paso Americas and El Paso Pebble Hills, due to no fault of their own, but their opponents the first two weeks of the season Um, had COVID issues and had to cancel. So now El Paso Americas and Pebble Hills, who were going to have their game this week also canceled due to the opponents having COVID issues, just decided, hey, instead of playing at the end of November, let's just play on Wednesday night and get a game in so we're not sitting Mm -hmm. around for three weeks twiddling our thumbs.
1: I I don't know how they're
0: going to do their schedule at this point. I I think the El Paso mm -hmm. district may have to look at going to zones as well.
1: Well, and and for those who don't know, um, El Paso's getting hit real hard right now. They're getting... Yeah, they're, they're getting, going through it again that second that second wave is there it's hitting yeah, so yeah it's, they're going through it right
0: now so it's you know it's 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 you know there's folks out there you know that are worried that 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 the county and the school districts in El Paso County may just shut shut athletics and extracurriculars down yeah again yeah uh, which would be which would be really tough but i mean in the end you know if if the situation calls for it out there and they got to do what they got to do yeah. so there's really not much you can do
1: yep it's all Super. Just bleh. anyway. Um. Enough of that. Oh. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never, never mind. That's I. I had a point, and then it it left me. So no important. Not that important. Okay. It's time for our week nine draft. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Uh. We go back and forth selecting games that we are most interested in. Uh. Once a game is picked, it is off the board. Uh. We did a coin flip before the game. Or before the show, rather, uh, I won the coin flip, so I get the first pick. And, okay, let's be – we're on the premium podcast. We're in the trust tree, okay? Trust we're in the tree. trust tree. We're in the trust tree. Let me tell you about this week's schedule, guys. This week's schedule gets a bona fide, gold-plated – Meh. Yeah, it's not – I
0: was looking at games to, to stream on Friday night and I was like, eh, there's not a lot of great choices. It's-
1: so here's the thing. And there's one of these weeks every year. There's one of these weeks and it's usually, and I think it's, I think it's exacerbated by the, um, it's exacerbated by the, the fact that you have six uh, and five, they're playing, they're falling behind or that, that started later and stuff like that. But we're kind of in the thick of district play in the small school ranks and so you just happen to have this week a lot of games between teams that they're just kind of mismatches, right? Um, just kind of it is how it is. There's that. And then you've got a lot of teams that are taking the week off or a lot of teams that may, that maybe are starting district play in 6A and 5A and stuff like that. And so as a result, you just have this kind of in-between, where you just don't have a ton of games that are super duper. I don't know. Like, I don't, don't, I'm not trying to be a jerk about this. I'm just telling you guys the truth. Like it's just not an amazing week of games. For example, right now the computer projects that there are a grand total of 167 games that are supposed to be decided by three touchdowns or more. like, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of games.
0: That's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of potential blowouts yeah. on the agenda.
1: That doesn't mean that doesn't mean there aren't good games. Okay, I promise you there are good games. We're going to go through the ones that we were most excited about, but we wanted to be honest with you, and I know that you were kind of looking over the schedule, and you're like, boy, kind of. I'll, I'll just say this. This is a week where you got to dig. Last week, everybody and their dog knew Alito Cedar Hill was going to be fun. Everybody and their dog knew that Cal Allen and Corpus Christi Miller was going to be fun. Right? They both turned out to be fun games. Those were handed to you on a platter. Those You're were presented to America. you for your enjoyment. This is one where you got to do a little bit of digging. You a do. little bit of digging. You do. So, there's there's some gem uh, in there. there
0: there's, there's some, as, yes. as a great man once said, there's some diamonds among the poo-poo.
1: There's some diamonds among the poo-poo. <laughs> we will start. I've got the first pick, and I'm going to go off the board right off the jump. Matt Stepp, in a game that I know is not even on your board. Okay? Okay, okay. Matt Stepp, let's go. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Wildcat Stadium in Westbrook as you get a bona fide number one versus number two matchup in the six-man ranks. As the number one-ranked Westbrook Wildcats take on the number two ranked Sterling City Eagles in critical showdown in district play. Needless to say, this is a huge game. This is the game of the week in the six-man ranks. I don't think I need to tell you about that. And anytime you get number one versus number two,
0: it's pretty big game. Now, now Correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, you you are uh, the six-man expert among the two of us here. But but I do remember you talking about Westbrook early. They they're they li- early in the year they were a little bit of a surprise, right? Like like we were like we thought they'd be better, but I don't, did we think did we think they'd Correct. be this good?
1: Correct. We, no. We did not. And this was a team that let me see if I can pull this up. Where they started the year like Right. Here we go. I got the preseason picks. Let's just see. Westbrook. For Westbrook, we had them missing the playoffs in their own district. They were four and six last year. Uh, and furthermore, this is a team that uh has won. They went two and eight the year before. They are they're perennially like fine, like another team. But Coach Homer Matlock has the Wildcats roaring right now. They have been fantastic this year, and a lot of it comes down to their defense. Their defense has been spectacular and i know that people don't think about six-man football as a defensive game but if you can play defense you can make you can you can win some big ball games and by the way they have run through everybody like it was a huge deal in their opener when they beat motley county yeah uh, of course who played for a title last year Mm -hmm. they beat motley county then the next week they beat borden county they've also beaten Strawn and they've beaten garden city like they have beaten some bonafide like every like perennial contenders and last week they won a huge game or uh, it was two weeks ago they won a huge game against highland because that's the game that basically in a lot of ways that was kind of a playoff elimination game uh they are i crunched the numbers here they are holding their opponents 32 points below their average offensive output
0: that'll win like on average
1: that will win you. So again, their defense has been spectacular. And I mentioned coach, coach Metlock's done a great job. Uh, they, they got a, a lot of fantastic players. Uh, Jimmy Roberts up front. Cedric Ware is a sophomore. Who's, who's really stepped up for them. They have been excellent. And, and it's a team we probably should have seen coming. They've got every starter back from last year. Like they got all, they, they lost a grand total of two lettermen from last year. Now they only brought back 12 because six men football, but still, still. um, Okay. Sterling City is a lot more of kind of the perennial contender. They're a team that is always in the mix. Being good, yeah. Yes. They're a team that's usually in the mix. Um, and they are a team that is, um, they're, they're, every year they're solid. And this year they have been really, really good. This is a team that is really good fast. This is a team that's got terrific team speed and they have a lot of different weapons uh, around them. Uh, whether you're talking about their quarterback, Hudson Cox, they got a great kind of defensive end running back, Jarrett justice. Uh, they run the, well they had the the six man newcomer of the year from last year in Francisco Gonzalez. This team is loaded. It's got a ton of speed and a lot of, and that's not even to mention on the defensive side, chance Ferguson's probably the maybe the best defender in the, in, in, in the six man ranks in the state of Texas in a lot of ways. This game comes out. I, I think that I think that the onus is going to be on Westbrook. Uh, there's a lot of people who think that Westbrook's the favorite in this game. Um, uh, one thing I will say about this is since Sterling City moved back to the six-man ranks in like 2008, um, West they've never uh, they've never lost to Westbrook. Westbrook is 0 6 against Sterling City since then. This is the big game. This is probably I need to look. I need to ask Ranger Hunters about this. If this is the biggest game in in uh, in Westbrook history, like it's a huge game. We're gonna have a reporter out there. Like Fox is gonna have a reporter out there. Like one thing I want to know is how these how Westbrook handles the moment. Yeah, the uh, how they handle the scene. Yeah, the spotlight because they're not. I mean, they're not used to this. This is a huge deal. And if they win this game, like. It would be a mammoth deal. I am. I'm really interested. One of the big questions for me is going to be like, it's a, just a terrific matchup of like a great Sterling City offense going up against this lockdown Westbrook defense. It figures to be fun. I think it's the best game in the state this week. I took it number one overall. Sterling City and Westbrook. That's my pick. I think it's the first time we've ever had a, a six man game go one one.
0: It's gotta yeah, be. I think so. I think yeah. so. I I actually have driven through Westbrook many times. I mean, if you've if you've driven between the Metroplex and Midland Odessa, you've driven yeah. right through Westbrook.
1: Yes, it will be. It will be a lot of fun. I don't need to tell Six Man folks about this. This will be a great game. But if you're not a Six Man person and this is uh, and you're interested in seeing some of the best uh, Sterling City Westbrook is going to be the game of the week. So that is my first pick. What is your first pick, Matthew?
0: So I'm going to go into the Alamo City in San Antonio for a big district ball game. Um, 3-0 San Antonio Brandeis versus 3-0 San Antonio Johnson. Uh, Both teams 2-0 in district play. Uh, And you're thinking, wait, Brandeis, they're Northside ISD. Why are they in a district with Northeast ISD Johnson? Or remember, UIL Realignment placed two Northside ISD schools in with the seven Northside ISD schools, or Northeast ISD schools, and Brandeis was one of those two two programs to go with um, Northeast ISD. So Brandeis, you know David Branson's squad, back to back regional regional finalists in Class 6A, uh, Division 2 Region 4, and you know you thought you know losing their um, their, their their star player to a transfer, um, you would you would think you know okay Brandeis is going to take a step back. They've done anything but that. I mean they've been pretty mm-hmm. dominant uh, early in the year in their offense, led by quarterback Nico Garcia, um, is averaging about 37 points a game. Uh, the last two weeks, you know, in district play: thirty-five-seven over MacArthur, 39 to six over Clark. Um, this is kind of vintage Brandeis football: efficient offense and, and a really locked-down defense um, ha- has been the key uh, early in the year for them. I mean, they held Clark last week to hundred and sixty-one yards of offense and got not one but two safeties in the game. Uh, so mm-hmm. you, you can tell Brandeis. You know, we thought they we thought they'd take a step back, and they had done done anything but the sort. In fact, they're you know, right now they're they're probably the favorite in 28 6 eight. But the chief challenger may be you know, Mark Soto's Johnson Jaguars, who have been a real pleasant surprise uh, in San Antonio. You know, Coach Soto comes over from San Marcos and takes over at Johnson. Johnson hasn't been a bad program. We talked about it when he took the job. This is a program that's kind of been a consistent playoff team. But other than that one year, about, about six or seven years ago, when they broke through and went to the state semifinals, They've kind of been a third or fourth place team, just kind of right there as a fringe playoff team. And uh, Coach Soto, so far, you know, he's got he's got Johnson playing well. They opened the season with that big win over O'Connor. They followed it up with two straight uh, excellent performances, including last week, um, just drilled MacArthur 49-7. to So, you know, both these teams have a common opponent in MacArthur and both of them handled MacArthur pretty easily. So I think the, mm-hmm. the, the question to this game, you know, it comes down to, which, does Johnson hand, handle this, this big moment well? Brandeis has been in these big games. They've played for district titles. They've played for regional titles in, in the past couple of years. This is kind of new new territory for for, for Johnson and, and with Coach Soto, and I want to see how Johnson handles adversity because they're going to face some adversity in this game because they're playing a team for the first time this year probably that's in, in their weight class. So I want to see how Johnson... Uh, kind of manages that uh, against Brandeis. This is a Thursday night game. I think it's a TV game in San Antonio. I think the local TV station will be broadcasting this game. So, I I think this is a real real test for Coach Soto's squad. Um, I like Brandeis in this game. I, I feel like uh, other other than you know if 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 the quarterback I can't even think of the quarterback's name who transferred now to Judson Jordan Lillard. Battles. If Jordan Battles hadn't have transferred out. I think this would be a team that we would be talking about as, as a real contender um, mm-hmm. for in Division Two because I think this this is across the board Brandeis' best team. But I think what's happened is is the rest of the players with Battle's absence have really stepped up their game. And I think top to bottom, this is a really balanced team, whereas the last couple of years it was pretty much, well, let's just snap the ball to Jordan Battles and let's see what he can do, and hopefully he can bail us out when we're not playing well. I think across the board, well, this is a better team for Brandeis, and I think that's why, why I gave them the edge in this game.
1: Another thing that I think is really interesting in this game is that, like, you take a look at this district in District Twenty Eight, and it's going to go one of two ways. Like Brandeis is kind of the turn here because either Brandeis is the clear best team in this district, and we'll probably find that out this week. Like, if they go and they put the put the you know beat the brakes off of Johnson, then I think it becomes abundantly clear. Yeah. If they're not Right then, I think because I do like Johnson, I think their defense is excellent. I do like Johnson, but that would represent to me unless Johnson really comes out there and just dominates Brandeis. I think then they get into that kind of big middle, which it would can consume Brandeis, Johnson, Madison, Reagan, Roosevelt, maybe Churchill. Yeah, right,
0: you Churchill in that mix. I mean, you're looking at six teams. That yeah. this is I, I kind of I think I agree with you on that on that point, because mm-hmm. I think if Brandeis does what I think they're going to do, then they're pretty much head and shoulders above the district. But if they don't, mm-hmm. then, then I think because I think I think we kind of know Johnson and Madison, Reagan, Roosevelt, and Churchill are all having those teams, all having played each other, being north side ISD rivals, we kind of have an idea of where they stand. Brandeis mm-hmm. relative to these teams, because they're new to the district. This is kind of this first big litmus test. Yeah,
1: big game. Good game. Good pick. Good
0: pick. That's a Thursday. That pick. is a Thursday night game, by the thirsty way.
1: Thursday. So. All right. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go 7:30 p.m. Friday night at I want to say it's Lion Stadium. What do you say, Texas Bob? Texas Bob says it's Lion Stadium in Franklin at Hedrick Field as uh, a matchup between the Franklin Lions and the Buffalo Bison, and it is a team. That people buried against a team that nobody's paying attention to. It's <laughs> kind yeah. of the way to think about it. Yeah, and we,
0: you know, we we didn't we picked Buffalo fifth in district in preseason, yeah. and yeah. Brandon Houston. I mean, this is just, I, I looked it up earlier. He's his record. He's twenty seven and four in this two plus seasons at Buffalo. I don't think he gets enough credit for the, the job that he's done there. There at Buffalo, no. Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, I, I think buffalo. that's,
1: yeah. Ding dong Buffalo. It's a good way to put it. There's a Buffalo like Buffalo is not a, a, you know, a program that we we've historically p- counted among the contenders, but here they are. They're seven and oh, they have rolled through, uh, uh, you know, everyone that they've seen um, their offense is humming along. Brett Hoffman, their quarterback has been terrific they have been really really good the fantastic uh the you know the defense has has done its part defense holds teams to 17 points a game they're not i don't think anybody would mistake them for being a spectacular defense but i think that they're pretty darn solid like they're just solid they've been good enough. yes absolutely now going up against franklin and and there's two things here first and foremost if you want to say well, who has Buffalo beaten? I do think that's a fair question. Now, yeah. I do think that suddenly the win over Rodgers, they beat Rodgers by 18. Um, the win over Rodgers back in week five, based on what Rodgers did to Lexington last week, I think that has aged pretty well. Yeah, but that's clearly their
0: best. Because yes. we're going through Buffalo's schedule. I was just, other than the Rodgers game, I was just like, there's just not a lot mm. there that, that gives me no. an idea of where they stand.
1: No, there's not a, not a ton of meat on that bone. Um, this, is, this is meat on the bone. Franklin is meat on the bone. And it's a team that, remember, after three weeks, was 0-2 and walking into Troy. and we Walking into Troy and then following that up with Lexington. And we were going, whelp, maybe were- Mark Fannin is is it's, it's could not be a rough the year job. there. Remember they were Owen yeah. 2 coming off a
0: game cancellation due to COVID so they they were basically out for a week not practicing as well. Yes.
1: And then they got they got hammered by by Cameron Yo and we're thinking oh boy like here we go. But uh since then uh they've rattled off wins at Troy against Lexington and that's when Lexington was white hot. Man, what like, has that's happened
0: that, that, to Lexington. Dude. I wonder if they I got, don't know. When I saw them in Week One, that, that that wasn't the deepest team, and they were pretty Jared Kerr centric. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen anything about Kerr getting hurt, but I wonder if they got a key. They've gotten a key injury or two because they've just fallen off, or they've they just completely fallen off the cliff.
1: Yeah, that was not a. I mean, Rodgers was a team that was kind of struggling last week. They did not have any business losing to them. But anyway, that's not that's neither here nor there. This is a Franklin team that has figured it out. Like they have, I don't know what clicked, but it clicked big time. Maybe it's just maybe it's that the the that Marcus Wade their quarterback just finally got comfortable. Um but between that like they I mean it's so weird to be talking about a Franklin team that's averaging 42 points a game cuz that's not what they do. Like this no. is a this is a 20 this is a program that under Mike Hedrick was a lot of 24-17 wins. Yeah, they were and, perfectly but happy they're,
0: just kind of, you know, yeah, putting along and then
1: but they're lighting it up and and the the thing for me the one thing that has remained the same for franklin though is they just beat you up up front yes. like that's what that's what they do that's the and that's my butter. big question in this one that yeah that's my big question in this one can buffalo match up up front against what is i think pretty clearly the best team they've seen so far uh it's a huge test uh, if you take a look at the district 13 standings um every other team besides these two not only has a loss in district they have two losses in district so i think i'm pretty comfortable saying that that the winner of this game is going to win the district um and you know when you take a look when you zoom out in region four i mean you know i i, I don't know like that there, there's uh, who's there's one team in region four i'm forgetting i'm definitely forgetting this team in region both, yeah, both. I mean, but aside from both, basically, it's Poth and then probably the winner of this game. Um, and I do think that if you are Buffalo, this is an opportunity to prove yourself, and that would this would be like seven and zero is impressive, eight and zero is all right. We see you, baby. Like we're paying attention now.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I think this is a game where Buffalo, and I don't even think Buffalo necessarily has to win. If they, if they play Franklin close, then I'm yeah. okay. Buffalo's Buffalo's legit. They're for real. This is a team that we're going to have to really account for uh, when the – I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure Buffalo is going to get into the playoffs. They've still got to play Lexington. Yes. And Lexington, if they get their stuff together, we know can be a dangerous team as well. But, but you know, so I think we're going to get an idea of where Buffalo stands here pretty quick. But I think they're going to be in the playoffs. I think this is the this is the game that's going to tell us whether or not Buffalo is a team that we can put in that category with Franklin and Pose and, uh, and I think East Bernard. Is East Bernard
1: region four or region
0: three? Um, uh, I
1: believe that's. Uh, they're, in thir- they're in
0: 14, right?
1: Yeah, I think they're in 14. Yeah, so East,
0: you know, you look at Franklin, East Bernard, yeah, and Post. Kind of the the big three in that region, but but you mm-hmm. know, is is Buffalo maybe maybe that 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 fourth team that 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 team yeah. that's also in the regional semifinals, or is Buffalo a team that's run up an, an impressive regular season record against a subpar schedule, and they're going to finish? Yeah. You know, their and their ceiling is the area round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah so my second pick is buffalo and franklin what is your second pick matthew
0: i'm gonna stay small i'm gonna go small school as well i like you i'm gonna stay i'm gonna go to the 3a ranks but i'm gonna go in 3a division one as we can get a battle of 7-0 teams unbeaten, and it's the ashley pickle for memorial fun run game of the week as you call it <laughs> uh brock at 7-0 4-0 visiting boyd 7-0 4-0 and, and boyd in a lot of ways is a, is a we talk a lot of the things that we've said about Buffalo we can say the same things about Boyd they've yeah. run up a really nice record but but other than that one win against Jacksonville just I don't see a lot of real eye popping wins for Boyd I see a lot of dominance which mm-hmm. you know which is what you should do and we you know we picked Boyd I think pretty much universally second in the district this year because of all the experience they had coming back and they had a ton of, I believe they had 18 or 19 starters back. So I mean, we knew that they would be much improved this year, but but this week, this is where this is where the final exam comes in, because mm-hmm. we we know what Brock is. This is the number mm-hmm. one team in the state. This is a, a, a juggernaut uh, in in Class 3A football, and we're we're going to get a real good, real quick glimpse through. It. I think I think this game, I think we're going to learn a lot about this game in the first quarter. I think mm-hmm. if Brock comes out and and you know, I, I, you know, after the first quarter, I think this game, this game, the story of this game will be told. Either Brock's going to run out to like a twenty-one nothing lead, and it's going to be just another day for Brock. I think if Boyd can find a way to hang in there after a quarter, that that initial barrage, if it's a close ball game, I think this is going to be a real dog fight. I just don't know. I think Boyd's good enough at the skill spots. They've got some excellent skill position players. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they match up with Brock at the skill spots. I just don't know if up front that's where Brock's had such, has such a big advantage and Boyd is not the biggest team. I, I think that's where Brock really has an edge in this game. And, I, and I'm just afraid Brock's going to just line up in that I formation and getting that 10, one 10, one special defense and just get after Boyd. And I don't know if Boyd's going to be able to hold up. That's, that's the big key in this game.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, I think you're right. Like if you were going, if you were going skill position versus skill position, like, okay, if you were playing seven on seven, um, this game be real interesting, like, cause yeah. I do think you're right. I think Boyd's got some dudes that can really challenge him that, that Rendon Lamance, their quarterback. Um, he's been really solid. Like this is a good Boyd team from the skill position spots, but this ain't seven on seven and Brock is such an animal up front Yep, that I'm just not sure Boyd can, can match up there.
0: Yeah, and and that's where, especially late in the season, and you know, I think I think it's supposed to be a little bit chilly this weekend. You get mm. that cold weather, you get some wind coming through. Those teams that throw it around a lot, they they tend to struggle a little bit, and that's where you've got to to be able to line, run the football and have your defensive line control things. And those are two things that Brock is elite at, and that's why you yeah. you got to get Brock the edge in this game. But I'm really fascinated to see Boyd, and and again get 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 a little bit of a litmus test to see. If Boyd plays Brock close, then I think we've got to keep that in the back of our mind when our playoff predictions come in. That hey, Boyd went toe to toe with Brock. If they played again, I don't think there's going to be that intimidation
1: factor. I uh, I think you're right. So interesting, just kind of a, a good good litmus test there for for Boyd and 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 you know can Brock just continue to roll past people? I think that's a good pick. All right, Matthew, I am going to go for my third pick. I'm going to go to the Houston area, and I'm going to go to district 166A as i think well i'm going to make Cy Park fans very mad when i say this surprise uh, team in
0: Houston this year Cy Park good and, for you know, Cy Park yeah fantastic team they're, they're they're trending up
1: i think this is for the district title in 166A uh as the Bridgeland Bears take on the Sai Ranch Mustangs in a game. Uh, they're in CyFair ISD, and and if if for nothing else, for nothing else, if you want to show up because you like watching two good quarterbacks go at it, here you go. Yeah, this is this is that game.
0: And I've seen both these teams in person this year, and I can vouch for that one hundred percent.
1: These quarterbacks are fun. Connor Weigman for Bridgeland is just spectacular. He came up huge in, in their win over Cy Woods where they, you know, they, they got pushed. They got pushed a little bit by so Cy Woods. It's a
0: solid team. I think they're a playoff team in 16-6A. And, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, Bridgeland, they've been pushed before. You know, they played Shadow mm-hmm. Creek in Week 2 and, and and obviously playing the Sharks. They got they got pushed in that game. So um, mm-hmm. they've handled it so far. David Raffield's squad, I think, has really – this is their third year as a varsity program. They're, they've really come of age, and I, I think I think they're a real force and a real contender yeah. as a dark horse in, in Region 2.
1: But but now they're going up against a team that is used to being a contender in Cy Ranch, and they themselves have another, uh, another spectacular quarterback, DJ Sears. He's fun. He's fun, and they're, they're, they have their one loss to um, to uh, Cy Fair yeah. in the opener um played and
0: soccer. played soccer tough in that game
1: and but the offense has woken up and that defense has been really really good like really good um, Ranch is solid
0: and, across the board they're, they're they're very solid i think you know that, that when sean McAuliffe took over last year you know he likes to run that up-tempo spread offense and and when under gene johnson cy ranch was a let's get in the eye formation let's plot along let's run and i think I think it's it's taken them some time to to ad- adapt to the nuances of that of that RPO-based offense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has, but they've they've started to wake up. Uh, admittedly, look, they played Cy Fair, who's super good in the opener, and then they played Cy Ridge and Cy Lakes, who are struggling in the past couple of weeks. So if you want to say, okay, they've played one really good team and they lost to them and they've played two teams they should beat and they've beaten them handily, okay, that's like they're exactly where they Fair. should be. Here's the turn game, right? Here's the turn game with, with Bridgeland. And I want to see the Bridgeland because one thing I'll say is I don't think that I don't think Cy Ranch as good as their defense has been all year long. I don't think they they face a passing attack like they're going to see from Bridgeland. No, And that's the big question there yeah. is, can they can they can the secondary stand up against what's been a really, really effective Bridgeland offense?
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it's Weigman. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Is it Weigman? I'm
1: not sure. I don't know. I've heard, but
0: he, you know, he's also like the number one baseball prospect in the state of Texas in his class. Man, Jeez. I mean, some some folks just get all the breaks, right? Some, some that folks seems that sports. seems like
1: fun. I want to yeah. I want to be good at I want to be good at something. Like you want to be good at sports. I mean, you know, he's um, he's he's the star
0: quarterback, and he's the number one baseball prospect in the state. I mm-hmm. believe he's committed to Arizona. I know he's a, he's a big-time Division one Division one recruit. but um, And, you know, Bridgeland, they haven't had their star receiver all year. I think Dylan Goffney's been dealing with a nagging injury. The SMU commit hasn't played. Um, I wonder if he'll be back for this game because this is kind of a big district ball game And Bridgeland. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they get this one, you know, you could – other than – like I said, other than side Park, I think you can pretty much uh, mark Bridgeland down as the district champs if they can get this win. I mean, there, there's not a lot of games, uh, barring a complete collapse, that 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 I would say oh that, that's a tough one I think Bridgeland will be uh, yeah. heavy favorites here on out.
1: Yeah I think I think that you are right so that is my next pick I am going to take uh, Bridgeland and Cy Ranch. What is your third pick Matthew?
0: I'm going to go to a game that was put together late last week a non district game between two teams that should be playing district ball games right now but thanks a lot COVID as mm-hmm. Mansfield Summit at one and one visits Ennis at two and oh. Uh, summit was supposed to play burleson centennial this week um, that game was outright canceled um, and Ennis was supposed to play um sulfur springs this week um, sulfur springs has some COVID issues i think that game is going that, that ns's district does have some di- flexibility at the end of the season to ensure that game is played so i believe that game is going to get rescheduled uh for later in the year um Ennis, you know, they've had some bad luck with COVID, though. They they were supposed to play Fossil Ridge in week two and also had that game canceled. So these two teams have only played two games each. So I, I think we're still learning a little bit about both of these teams. Um, Mansfield Summit is as talented as anyone. They're a lot, you know, they're almost a mirror image in a lot of ways with Red Oak, who Ennis played in week one. Super, super talented. They pass the eyeball test. They They check all the boxes when you're looking at, you know, from a re- recruiting standpoint. But they, sometimes they don't always put it together. And I think last week was a perfect example of that. You know, they're playing, granted, a 6A opponent in Mansfield high. Um, but you would think with Summit, with all the talent they have, they they, they should be able to win that game. Um, and they kind of shoot themselves in the foot. They have three yeah. empty red zone possessions in that game and come away with zero points. And Mansfield finds a way to beat them 27 to 20. They cannot do that this week against Ennis because their opportunities, number one, are going to be a lot more limited because that Ennis front seven is ferocious. That that might be Ennis and Alito, um, in five A Division two, shocking, right? Have the, their two their two front sevens impressed me so much? I mean, it, I, it's hard to move the football against Ennis. Um, that's that's something that I think Summit if they're, they're going to have to capitalize, If they want to pull the upset in Ennis on Thursday night they're going to have to, to capitalize on their trips to the red zone because they can't come away with empty possessions because they're not going to get that many opportunities against Ennis. Mm-hmm. Ennis's offense, I think, is still a little bit of a work in progress, but they've got the guy at quarterback in Colin Drake. Um, I think Ennis's young skill players are, are going to continue to come along and they're going to continue to, to get better as the season goes along. But but Ennis can lean on that defense, and, and in a pinch, they've got the guy at quarterback with the experience in Colin Drake to make it happen. And that's why I think Ennis um, really, really is, is the clear-cut number one team in five A Division two right now. I think Summit's athletic enough and talented enough to push them and give them a game, but but I think this is going to be another week where you see Ennis really kind of put put the hammer down.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, and that's one thing. Like I feel, I feel like like what I'd really like to see is like an, an Ennis offensive showcase. Like that, if they do that against Summit, that would make me feel like, all right, yeah, it goes through them. 5A Division two is, is theirs if they, as long as, you know, obviously Alito will have something to say about it, but like that would really cement them as the favorite, I think, at 5A Division two, if they can have that. That's the one thing they've kind of been missing. They've been missing like that offensive-like showstopper. Um, if they do that, then it's like, okay, they're capable of doing everything. They mm-hmm. are they are a, a bona fide superstar they're contender. Team. They're a
0: complete team, yes. yeah.
1: Yeah, so I like that okay so summon in that, that
0: is a Thursday game by the way Ennis isn't in the habit of hosting Thursday night games very often but this game um, is a Thursday night game
1: all right let's go to a district that I'm gonna be honest I don't know when this game is happening um but uh we're gonna go to a district that has been turned upside down because of covid but it's a game that uh, i I refuse to get uh, to be bummed out about. Uh, because it's a game we've been looking forward to basically since it, it uh, started. Which is, let's go to the Midlothian ISD Multipurpose Stadium. Which is, here's a fun fact for you. That's where the 2011 cover of Dave Campbell's Texas Football was shot with Jonathan Gray and Cyrus Gray in ah, those blue seats. Okay. There you go. There's a fun fact. Uh, it was like my it was like my first week on the job, and we go, co- go out to the cover we go to the cover shoot in anyway. the stadium. Excellent stadium. The game, played, the game is being played. The
0: uh, game is being played as of as of 4:57 Texas time on Monday, being played on Friday night as scheduled.
1: Friday night as scheduled. Okay, mm-hmm. because uh, it is Middle of the Heritage taking on Waco La Vega. Before I get into this game, can you kind of run down what you know about 54 A Division One? Because I know it's getting turned upside down.
0: So so Brownwood had uh, had some issues with COVID and had to cancel their game against. Uh, Midlothian Heritage on October 9th and La Vega mm-hmm. on October 16th. Uh, Brown, the district had an open week scheduled at the end of, of district play. And originally they had, there was a talk that Brownwood would move one of their games to the open week and forfeit the other. That was kind of the, the, the consensus mm-hmm. thinking there. When the district ruled that because Brownwood did not close the school down, they only shut the football program down, that they had to forfeit both games. Um, and take those games as losses. So in the meantime, Brownwood decided. Well, we have an open week at the end of the season. Let's just play La Vega in a non-district game on November the sixth, just to get some work in before we hopefully go to the playoffs. Um, apparently, Brownwood appealed that that ruling to the UIL. Um, the UIL stepped in and basically said, "Look, you know, can, can, guys, can you make it work? You've got an open week. Can, can you make at least one of the games up?" So the district decided to go ahead and and now, as of today, allow Brownwood to make up both of those games. So what's going to happen is um, in next week's games, instead of playing on Friday, November the 30th, Brownwood is going to play their game against Alvarado on Wednesday, October 28th, and Waco La Vega is going to play. No, Brownwood's playing Waxahachie Life on Wednesday. Waco mm-hmm. La Vega is playing Alvarado on Wednesday the 28th. That will potentially close out the schedule for Alvarado and Waxhatchee Life because that's the scheduled last week of the season. Brownwood will then turn around on Monday, November 2nd, and play Waco La Vega on Monday. And then on Saturday, November the 7th, Brownwood will play again. They will play Midlothian Heritage uh, to round out their schedule, pending no other uh, COVID cancellations, knock on wood.
1: So So I'm looking I'm looking at this. Um maybe I'm missing something. I've got eleven games on the schedule for Midlothian Heritage.
0: Yes. So the UIL had to come in and, and basically uh uh grant Midlothian Heritage an exception to play that eleventh game. Because Midloth. if you remember when Midlothian Heritage had their game against Brownwood cancelled, it was mm-hmm. Midlothian Heritage's homecoming and they went out and scheduled a last minute, like literally one day's notice, scheduled a game against Mesquite-Poteet.
1: Yeah, and won it, by the way.
0: Yes, thinking that the Brownwood game was indeed a forfeit because that was what the DEC had ruled. Well, then the DEC Mm -hmm. and the UIL went and changed it, but the DEC was like, well, in order for us to change it, you guys are going to have to grant Midlothian an exception under these special circumstances uh, to play that 11th game. And so the UIL, by all accounts, has granted Midlothian Heritage that exception. And will they will get, they will play? In essence, they will play eleven regular season games on the field.
1: Man, and I'd love to know the last time that happened. And
0: it's weird, you know.
1: I yeah. I'd love to know if that's ever happened.
0: Yeah, th- th- it may be a first because I mean, they may been, be the first team. There's been eleven. There's been teams that have gone. I mean, Tenaha a few years ago played eleven, had eleven games on the schedule mm-hmm. because that was that was because Mount Enterprise uh, had four had basically had some great issues and some injuries and couldn't field a team. And Tinahaw went out and scheduled a game late. So TenaHa, I think that year, went into the playoffs 11-0. But they had they didn't play 11 games on the field. They had a forfeit involved. So that's the difference. Midlothian Heritage is actually, if everything pans out, is going to play 11 games on the field in the regular season. It's weird. Wow. So, okay. That's, that's riffing on that. But uh, you know, I think the biggest thing, that, and, and I know this is your game, but one thing that, yeah. that jumped off the page to me is for Waco La Vega is – they're starting to click.
1: Yeah, the Jordan, offense has picked it up.
0: Jordan Rodgers, they moved him over from linebacker when Aaron Rawls broke his arm early in the year, and they really struggled for about three weeks. Well, last week, Rodgers, he found his groove. He, th- he threw for 130 yards in that game against Stephenville last week. And that's mm-hmm. all La Vega needs to do, is just have the threat of the pass because they're so good running the football. And I mean, think that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the key for La Vega, is Jordan Rodgers continuing to play well.
1: Yeah, because look, look at their look at their first um, four games. Now, admittedly, very difficult games. They played Port La Calhoun, they played Waco Conley, they played Corpus Christi Cal Allen, and they played Argyle. Okay, yeah. And in those games, hurt,
0: and Rawls got hurt in the Conley game.
1: Yes. So in those games, they scored those four games. They scored a grand total of sixty-one points. Sixty-one points. They have scored in the last two weeks a uh, hundred and four. Uh, now, admittedly, one of the, you know, they beat Wax Life, who's a team they are much better than, 62 nothing, And then they beat, but they did go on the road to Stephenville, a Stephenville team that was playing very well.
0: It was a red hot Stephenville team.
1: Yes. And beat them soundly. For Midlothian Heritage, and I know we spent a lot of time on this game, so I'll wrap it up quickly. Midlothian Heritage is a team that has also run a very difficult schedule. Their losses are to Paris and to Springtown. Two pretty good losses, I would say. Uh, you know, And they've also got wins over the Cater. They've got a win over Lindale. Uh, this is a good team, and it's a team with some balance. Um, they can throw the ball a little bit uh, with Dalen Raider. They can run the ball a little bit with Cullen Stone and with Latre Miller. Uh, they can do a little bit of everything. Uh, the question for me is going to be again, can they slow down the running game, which they've had a little bit of trouble here and there slowing down the running game um, which is what La Vega they slow down, down the. Does,
0: which is what yes. La Vega does,
1: yes, and the other question is uh can that defense, which has been largely very good, can they try or you know can they can basically can they try to make them one dimensional like do that, and then also you gotta find a way past what's been a very uh, consistently very good defense in La Vega. Um, it's a fun matchup, obviously a lot on the line in a wild, wild, wide-open, willy-nilly district. Um, I still think these are the two best teams in the district, in my opinion. Now, Heritage will have Stevenville next week on yeah. the road, and that will say something, but, yeah. could, um, but I think, think these are the decide. two best teams in the district.
0: I mean, that, yeah. that Heritage-Stevenville game, either if Heritage beats La Vega, it could be for a share of the district title, or it could be for the number 2 seed, which is big because yeah. 5-4A and 6-4A have mutually agreed that the higher seeded teams will host in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So heritage Stevenville could potentially be for the right to host a playoff game uh, in addition to the higher seed. So uh, one more question for you about Vega before we move on. Yeah. Aaron Rawls is going to be coming back soon. <laughs> that, so Don, Don Hyde is going to again, have another quarterback decision on his hands does he keep Rodgers at quarterback or does he go back to Rawls and move Rodgers back to the defensive side of the ball where he's so good? So yeah, there's you know, another, it's big, tough. He, he's Don Hyde's had, had quarterback decisions the past couple of years. We'll, we'll just leave it at that for sure.
1: He, he most certainly has. Yes. All right. That is a, that is enough on heritage. Vega That is like 15 minutes on heritage. What's you your fourth did. pick?
0: Uh, I'm going to go for the uh, the district title game in District 14, 4A Division Two, as Wimberley and Geronimo Navarro meet up in a game where where you know I think both of these two teams are glad to see each other, and you're thinking why they they, they probably don't care for each other too much. They played twice last year. Hey, Navarro... hey Matt,
1: I know why
0: <laughs> because they have. I mean, their district is is it's just bad. It's just really, really.
1: Let me bad. let me put it. Let me put a let me just put a fine point on this. Okay. Let me let me try to put a fine point on, onto this. And we're not saying this to be mean. We're saying this to be just truthful about the it's, matter. It's, okay. Here's is. the reality of the situation. There are 93 teams. Okay. 93 teams in four A Division two. Here are the rankings for the bottom four teams in that region. One of which is San Antonio YMLA. Which are they playing this year?
0: are they're going to play a two, a three game schedule. They're, their yeah. first first game or a two game schedule. Their first game is next week. They're going to play two games and their season is going to be over.
1: Your computer rankings for this district is Wimberley 4. Remember, by the way, just to remind you, uh, 93 teams in four Division 1. So keep that in mind. Wimberley 4th, Navarro 12th, okay. Austin Achieve 86th, San Antonio YMLA 90 or 85th, Maynard New Tech 91st. Austin Eastside Memorial, 92nd. We're not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you, it's Wimberley and Navarro and the biggest gap you can imagine.
0: Yeah, so, so these two teams are glad to see each other. Um, this, I, th- I think this is, this is their last real tune-up before the playoffs. Um, but I, I really am interested in this game because I don't think we know a lot about these two teams right now. I think we're going to learn a little bit. Uh, we probably know a little bit more about Wimberley just because they played you know, a pretty decent non-district schedule. Um you know their one loss was to land passes, and there's definitely no shame in that uh Navarro had at least one game I know canceled due to covid so they're they're not they don't have quite the resume that Wimberley has and they've and the, Navarro's had some had, you know had a couple of hiccups here and there so um i, I think we're gonna learn a lot a, a lot about both of these two teams I mean you're not gonna learn a lot about Navarro when they beat austin Achieve eighty two to seven or I think they no. beat was it east side memorial like ninety four to nothing and yeah Wimberley beat New Tech, I think, 81 to nothing. It's just those are the kind of games we've had. So um, I think when you're looking at it from a schematic standpoint, this game comes down to which offense dictates the pace in this game. In the regular season game last year, Navarro's slot T offense from the jump controlled the football, moved the ball, uh, kept Wimberly off the field, and really dictated that game at their tempo. Last year in the playoff game at the Alamo Dome, Wimberley jumped out to a 21 nothing lead right off the bat, raced out to that big lead, and Navarro was in trouble from, from that point on. Navarro's just not built uh, to do that. So, um, I think in the in the end, you're looking at which team dictates the pace, which which team dictates the tempo um, in this ball game. Uh, I like Wimberley. I think Wimberley's got the better resume, and I think Wimberley's the more complete team.
1: I think I think you're right, and I think that that Wimberley offense is really starting to click. Uh, and I think that that's a problem for the rest of their opponents. But you're right. This is a game that both teams need. They both need this game because it's basically it's going to be now until what? Probably, like, realistically, with how good these teams are and the, and even the region that they're in, it's probably the second round of the playoffs before we're going to be talking about them again. Like, you know? I
0: think that, yeah, you know, luckily for them, I think the uh, the district they're playing in by district, you know, it's that's the Cuero, Giddings. I think mm-hmm. there's some good depth in that district where I think even the third and fourth even the third place and the fourth place team will be able to um, basically be able to give you know Wimberley and Navarro yeah. some, some challenges and buy district round of the playoffs. Luckily for them, I
1: think I think you're right. Okay, that's a good pick. For my pick, my fifth and final pick, I'm going to go to three A Division One. I. I guess back to the I don't think we have three A 3A Division One game yet. Uh, Brock and Boyd, Brock and Boyd. Okay, second yeah. one. We're going to go to Region Two though, or Region Three in a game that I will admit. I will admit, lost a little bit of its spice last week. But let's go to Hallettsville, Texas, as the Hallettsville Brahmas will host the Yokum Bulldogs. Uh, look, uh, this game would be a lot more interesting if Yoakum had beat Columbus. But credit to Columbus, by the way, who cracked yeah. our rankings this week. Yeah. And, and, it's a good win for the Cardinals.
0: And I guess Hallettsville, you know, losing that game to Jim Ned probably took a little starch out of it. But hey, Jim Ned, I mean, look at yeah. what they did
1: last week to wall that's that's man that's we talked about that game on this po- on this podcast and we were like man we're gonna find out a lot about wall and it's like well we found out a lot about Jim Ned and it's they're super good yeah Um. so this is an interesting matchup that probably goes two ways like either either Yocum if, if Yokum wins this game it's a nice bounce back and Columbus is like neato like we we can we can feel really good about about our chances to win the district they still have house on the schedule later um, if Yoakum bounces back, Columbus is like cool. But Hallsville, dude, that that offense is starting to feel itself. Okay, that offense is getting really, really good right now. And and what you've seen, by the way, they've run through their one loss or they have two losses. They lost to Jim Ned, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. and then they lost in the opener. Remember to Shiner, Ooh, um, who's been a
0: murder machine
1: right but they have wins over vanderbilt industrial which has aged very well that's that's Van, that's industrial's only loss they also beat Ganado, uh and i know it's a 2a but still um this is a this is a Hallisville team that is rolling right now offensively uh and and i'm interested to see what this yokum defense does uh yokum defense that look kind of got to- touched up last week against against columbus uh but you know Bo Robinson, when he's there at, 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 Yoakum, they are, they, they really are very rarely like a big high powered offensive attack.
0: No, they are. He likes those physical run the ball, you know, line it up and kind of power at you. And,
1: and that's what they are this year. They're a team that, that lines it up and grinds it out. Uh, they br- they brought back a lot from last year's team they are i think still trying to figure out exactly what how to how to piece things together offensively so this is like for Yoakum, talk about talk about right into the frying pan right back to back weeks, columbus and hallettsville uh, what i want to see is can this yokum defense step up and be as good as they've usually been the rest of the year right they were ex- they've been they're excellent going into that game against columbus they got touched up by columbus was that a one time thing or can or or is this the new norm this household offense is pro- pro- poses a huge huge challenge to them um and you know look you know i, I look at that region you know in region region th- region 3 and 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 you're dealing with the absolute weirdo by district matchup with 11 because district 11 is, I don't, I I'm done. I'm done trying to figure out district 11.
0: Yeah, I'm done.
1: But, like I had no idea,
0: <laughs> but, but you know, when you're playing district 11, you're going to play regardless of who the four are. I mean, that, yes. That 11's six teams deep, really that yes. one of those teams, even if you get the district title, you're playing a good team in the first round of the playoffs. So that 11, you're going to, you're going
1: to play a quality team.
0: Yes, Absolutely.
1: And so you've got to find a way to 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 get a win here. I think if you're Yokum, uh, to 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 avoid slipping to third, where you could see Rockdale, or you could see Troy, or Cameron Yo, or a really really you're going to see a really good team. So uh, a big game there in District 12 uh, in Hallettsville and Yoakum. What is your fifth and pi- final pick, Matthew?
0: We're going to head out to the big country in the Abilene area for a 2A Division One ball game where I, I think there's district title implications on the line as 5-2 Holly visits 5-1 Anson. And mm-hmm. Anson, up until last week, you know, take away the Hamlin loss, because everyone out there has just been getting hammered by Hamlin. No no, no shame there. But other than that, Anson, those first four wins they had looked really, really good. Last mm-hmm. week against Forsan, they really had stumbled in that game. You know, they, they turned the ball over three times in the first half and were trailing 20 to 13 at the half in a game that they were big favorites in. They found their they found their stride in the second half. Got you know outscored uh, for sand fourteen to three uh, in the second half to get the win. Uh, but but it wasn't exactly a, an ex- inspiring performance from from Chris Hegler's squad going into you know the biggest game of the year, which is for the district title. Holly, mm-hmm. um, on the other hand, you know they played Stanford, and I, I thought Holly, you know the offense, you know that, that's a team built around the offensive line and their running game, and hey. Austin Compton, 320 yards rushing and two touchdowns. I mean, if it hadn't have been just such a crazy week for running backs this week, he probably would have gotten a Mr. Texas Football nomination. But I mean, he's still 320 yards, two touchdowns. It's <laughs> a, a huge yeah. game. Xavier Rodella, the quarterback, was, was solid as well. And, and with with Holly, you know they're gonna they feel good about their offensive line and, and the things they can do. Um, moving the football. And their defense, they were the ones forcing the turnovers last week. In that 31 sixteen win over Stanford, they forced three turnovers which really helped their offense out. So um this is to me it's a pick 'em game, a coin flip type game. I think Anson, I don't I don't see Anson playing uh two subpar games in a row. I'm going with the odds here. And Anson being at home, I, I give them a little bit of the edge on Hawley in this one. This is this is a definite game to watch just because I think it's a straight up mano a mano for the district title.
1: I think you're right. You know, with uh, respect to Forsan, who's had a good year, um, you know, I I think there's a drop off there. Stanford's kind of, you know, you're right, right out of the gates have been really struggled. But I think you're right. Also, computer has as a pick them. So that's fun. Like that one. So there you go. That is the draft. Uh, I took Sterling City, Westbrook, Buffalo, Franklin, Bridgeland, Cy Ranch, Mid- Midlothian, Heritage, Twinkle, La Vega, and Hallisville, Yocum. Step took San Antonio, Brandeis, San Antonio, Johnson, Brock Boyd, Mansfield Summit, Ennis, Wimberley, Navarro, and Holly Anson. It's now time for our hipster game of the week. And I don't know where you're going. I hope we didn't choose the same game. Um,
0: 6 A. I'm
1: 6A. Oh, crap, me too. Okay. Uh, uh, Houston area? Region. What? Houston. Area? Don't you dare. <laughs> Katie. Area? Don't you dare. What? Is it Katie area? No. Okay, good. Go okay. for it. All right. All
0: right. <laughs> All right. Just making sure. My, my game's in Katie. Do uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. So I'm going to go to uh, Friday night in Katie as this is pretty hipster. 0 4 Seven Lakes takes on. One and two Morton Ranch. And you're saying, Steph, why would you pick this game as your hipster game? Here's why. The winner of this game, every time these two schools have played, has made the playoffs. One of the two has made the playoffs every time. Loser has missed the playoffs. I think in 19.6A, you look at it and you've got three teams that are head and shoulders above the rest, right? You got Katie High, you got Tompkins, and you got Taylor. All three are state ranked. Um, I think this game, you know, Maid Creek is, is going to be a contender, but this is, this is a playoff elimination game uh, because I think the loser is probably not going to make the playoffs and the winner is probably going to go up against Maid Creek for that fourth and final playoff spot. Here's the kicker though, is what is much like we talked about Austin Westlake and whether they go division one, division two, It's the same thing we talked about with Katie and, and, and what their playoff path is going to be. If seven lakes wins, Katie being in Division Two is still on the table because Seven Lakes is the second biggest school in the district.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if Seven Lakes makes the playoffs, along with Tompkins, that pushes Katie into the Division Two bracket. If Seven Lakes loses, then I think that almost assuredly puts Katie back into the Division I bracket uh, when you look at the playoff projections because Katie is the third largest school in the district, uh, if memory serves me correctly. Um, so... <clears throat> That's the reason why, you know, on the paper, you're looking at these two teams and you're like, why would I care about Seven Lakes and and May Creek when, or Seven Lakes and Morton Ranch when their combined record is one and seven? Well, there you go. It's basically an elimination game. The loser is probably out of the playoff discussion. The winner is still in play. And so the Seven Lakes is the team to watch. If Seven Lakes wins, Katie's still in play for Division Two. If Seven Lakes loses, I think you can pretty much put Katie, Mark Katie, down in the Division One bracket.
1: Okay. That's a good pick. That's in District 196A.
0: Yes,
1: my hipster game of the week is in District 186A.
0: Oh, we were right down the road,
1: right right down the road from each other. We are because two o'clock Saturday at Cowart Stadium, history will be made. Matt Stepp, let's talk about the Houston same Houston Tigers.
0: <clears throat> uh, we can talk, about talk about them.
1: let's talk about the Houston same Houston Tigers and the fact that they have lost a state record. 87 consecutive district games, okay? 87 in a row. It's been a long time for them. It's been a long time. They haven't lo- they haven't won a district game since at least since 2010, okay? Yeah, it's they had a c-
0: they had a few years they dropped football all altogether, I think. Yes. Too, so.
1: Yes. Uh, actually, if you go back, they have not won a district game since 2003. Okay.
0: Yeah, they had a they had a pretty. Pretty long streak there. Yeah, two, two years they didn't play football at all.
1: Correct. They did not play in 08. They did not play in 09. They have not won a district game since 2003. Matt Step, that ends this week. You're calling it now, I'm huh? Putting in the call at Cowart Stadium. If you want to watch history, the the Houston Sam Houston Tigers will beat Houston Westbury. They will beat the Houston Westbury Huskies. I believe it. Okay. Both now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wait, Houston, Sam Houston, they're 0-2. They've only scored seven points all year. They've been outscored 116 to 7. And you're right. But those losses, by the way, are to Full Shear. Who's undefeated? Undefeated. And Houston Lamar. Who runs that district. Who runs that district? That, okay. Lamar who I think might the, actually have the, the the longest district winning streak besides like Alito. Yeah, Lamar's
0: on some crazy district winning streak. It's, it's 60 plus games.
1: Okay. Right now, the computer has this as Westbury by seven, okay? It's going to happen. That's doable. Step. It's going to happen. Houston, same Houston is going to win a district game. Michael Sinclair is going to win his first game there uh, as, as get win get win number one with the Tigers.
0: And they'll be either um, team of the week or
1: coach of the week. <laughs> they will be <laughs> guaranteed. And, guaranteed. Yeah. Now, shall we
0: re- revisit your last um off more okay. <laughs> Houston pick? Do we need to revisit that?
1: <laughs> uh, you know what was that? What was that like episode episode three something was like that, that?
0: Northbrook and Rayburn.
1: Yeah, Northbrook and Rayburn and uh, or something like that. It was no, Rayburn and Rayburn and ended Springwood, up losing it was Rayburn
0: and Springwood. It was Springwood with, and Rayburn, Rayburn
1: and Springwood. And I said that Rayburn was going to snap their big losing streak, and they played. It was like three nothing. They lost in overtime,
0: double overtime, three to nothing game. Damn it! You know, right, Ray, um, you know Rayburn has a Division One commit on defense though. Damn, really? The, yeah, huh. uh, that defensive end. They have a defensive end who just committed to SMU.
1: Mm. yeah I need, but I need now, start to now, by the way attention. rayburn
0: that rayburn the next week did break their losing streak they beat milby He's seven two. to six so they yes. did i was i side.
1: was a week early yeah but i'm putting in the call this week and by the way i'll be honest if it doesn't happen against westbury like it it's it's it, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen this year uh that is my pick houston same houston is going to win their first district game since 2003 this week when they beat houston westbury you heard it here first on Tuppence. i love it um, I would ask where you're gonna go this week, but uh I don't know. you're you're still in Canada. Matt.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I lost you for a second there.
1: <laughs> I said I would ask you where you're going this week, but oh. I know you're still in Canada.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I will tell you which games I'm going to watch online this week though. Oh um, please do. as uh Thursday night I've got my eyes on uh Mansfield Summit and Ennis. I think mm-hmm. we'll have we'll put that one on the on the big screen in, in the living room here, and my wife will put up with high school football for a couple of nights, as she has graciously done. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Friday night, uh, I think I'm going to watch Austin LBJ and Lamb passes. I want to see Ace Whitehead go up against that star-studded LBJ defense. So I that was I-
1: a game that was on my radar yeah. um, for this draft. I ended up not taking it, but that is a game firmly on my radar.
0: Yeah, now we'll see how the quality. Some, you know, you get below class five A, and the quality of the uh, internet broadcast, you know, a little bit iffy. So hopefully Land has a good production, so we'll we'll get a good look at the Lampasas uh ISD technology mm-hmm. uh, broadcast. But that's those are my games for this week. Thursday night uh, NS and Mansfield Summit. Friday night Austin LBJ and Land with the with the ability to to punch out and go to a different game like I did last week when Wichita Falls Rider quarterback Jacob no. Rodriguez didn't play. Uh, that sucks
1: i was so bummed yeah so uh
0: now next week when i'm back in texas Mm. there will be games Mm. every day next week because of covid scheduling there will be uh lots of games next week including the uh stay tuned for the road trip video that i'm actually going to record right after this we're going to post it monday morning and it's going to be
1: uh pretty insane i love it uh if you're interested where fox is going to be of course we'll be in the studio but whitley pleasant will be at bay city el campo Uh, one of the oldest rivalries in texas one of the great rivalries. Speaking of rivalries, Austin Ivan will be at Flower Mound, Marcus, and Flower Mound. The Mound Showdown. That's, um, dear, that's
0: dear to your heart. Which side of Flower Mound does...
1: The, the, I live the, on the Marcus the, side. Tepper Manor reside in? Okay. Tepper Manor's on Marcus' side. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a Marauders guy. Uh, Lauren Blackwell will be on at Springtown and Decatur. Okay. Um, Katie, Katie Engelson will be at Katie Tompkins, Katie Taylor. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I know. Ashley Pickle will be at Brock and Boyd. Uh, Paige Schnorbach gets to go to the best game of the week, Sterling City and Westbrook. And then Sarah Merrifield will be at Austin LBJ and Lampasas. Nice. So, okay. Uh, fingers crossed for all those games because yes. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago we had to scramble because we had like three games get canceled. so uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, okay, uh, that's uh, that's it. That's gonna do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider and spending a little bit of your day with us and step, thanks for your courage. You better be back here next week.
0: Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna record on uh, Tuesday because I'll be at a at a football game uh, that that night that Monday night, so I guess we'll record on Tuesday.
1: We'll see you next week on Texas.